You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rusk. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rusk Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rusk AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Hack your brain, Evan. Welcome back. Yeah, I'm trying to hack my brain. I reckon if I could hack my brain, it would actually probably mean that there would be some pretty weird things that would come out of it. So um, I'm trying to improve my brain. Improve your brain. That's yeah. a good thing. But we I'm always... glad to be back. I'm glad to be back for another one of these sound bites. I know we are trying very hard to keep them to 20 minutes. We sort of broke that rule last episode and we do apologize. Again, thank you to all of you that have sent in your questions and we'll get to them again today. But today's topic is... Something I know, Kate, for you, it's your bread and butter topic. It's about short-term versus long-term financial decisions and why we get stuck thinking in the short-term so often when it comes to everything in our lives, but especially our finances. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, the now is so much more exciting than the future because yeah. the future is an unknown quantity. What- and how boring is it thinking about something in 10 years' time when you could be thinking about what you can have right now? Yeah. Like an overseas holiday or that mm. new car or maybe that new piece of apparel you had your eye on. And all those tricks, those buy now, pay later and credit card companies use on you in the advertising saying, you should have it now. You deserve it. You don't need to save for this. Worry about the consequences in a year's time. Yeah. Don't worry about the future. Worry about the now. That's exactly what they're for. And that's why they're so attractive because, again, you can have now and not worry about the future. It is literally that. So... The theme, obviously, is long and short, and let's talk about that. Why is it so attractive? Well, because physiologically, that's how we're, you know, basically 
geared. Like, and we haven't changed for 35,000 years. And I know I've spoken about this before on some previous podcasts, but I need to point this out there because, again, what we're trying to do with this whole like group of, of podcasts and these sound bites is it's okay to have these feelings because they're natural, they're normal, it's part and parcel of human behavior. None of that. It's part and parcel of human physiology. Yeah, so They're not going away. They're not going away. And it's called immediate return. Like innately in you, you are designed to basically go and get food and eat it. You are designed to sleep. Therefore, you need shelter. Yeah. Right. That, when that, our whole life was about survival back in the, uh, the caveman era. Correct. You couldn't think long term. You couldn't think about investing for your future in 10 years' time. Yes. And for those of you that love things like evolution, me, if you don't, Anyway, it's such a slow-moving thing. And so evolutionary-wise, we actually physiologically haven't changed. We are pretty much the same. I mean, as I've spoken about this before, the physical anthropologists have proven that our brain volume is basically the same. It may be 1% or 2% slightly bigger now, but ever so slightly What's different is our lifestyle, which is what you just described, right? We, we're living longer. You were telling me I was going to live to 95 this morning. Yes. So the latest research suggests that if you were born in the late 90s, early 2000s, and women always live longer because you're not as stupid as men, um, that there is a chance that you could be living towards 95. So the current, the current Australian average lifestyle, a lifespan for a woman is 89, and they think that Improvements to health, improvement to lifestyle, all of those kinds of things, technology, et cetera, stress, blah, 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 will actually mean that you, you're more likely than not live to 95. Um, so that's that's an incredible thing. But why that's so interesting is that 95 is a long, long, long way away from someone like you. And why I point that out is that what we now have to do is that we just spoke about instant return, which is what we are physiologically geared to. But we now have to do something called delayed returns which is making a decision today for the hope, and that's the correct term, for the hope that it pays off sometime in the future. And we do that in a lot of areas of our life. Like yeah. Even thinking now, like exercise and what I'm eating and what I'm doing with my time there, that's something that I'm hoping will have an impact over the course of my life. Yep. The study I'm doing, that's a five-year course because I'm doing it quite slowly, it feels like a lot sometimes. Sometimes I don't like doing it. Sometimes I do. But, but that's I'm... because your long-term goal is a certain trajectory of your career. Yeah. And so you're making an informed decision for the hope that that improves your career in the future. Yeah. What else? What are you doing at the moment? So for me, I, again, we talked about shelter. My long-term current program is improving my home. Which is a renovation, yeah, and that's therefore a big project. it's a big project. So that means saving now for the payment of that in the future. It means planning around what I'm going to do with my poor family as I move yeah. them around because we can't live at home. Convenience now, yeah. Because a lot of these sometimes we don't like the things we have to do in the short term, but it will pay off in the long term. Yeah, I also have to deal with the fact that interest rates are much much higher than I originally forecasted. All of those kinds of things are my delayed returns that I'm having to deal with. But it's even as simple as okay. We were discussing before we came on air, what are we going to have for lunch? That's a long-term decision, right? That, that is. We, we, we've literally, you know, okay, it's only going to be a couple of hours or an hour before we do it, but we've made a decision that we are going to go and find lunch. Whereas instant return is you find it, it is eaten. So if you went to go and hunt it, okay, yes, you've had to make the decision to go and hunt, yeah. but when you find the food, you eat the food, berries, animal, 
what have you. Whereas what we now do is we are going to go and have lunch. That's a delayed return because we know we're going to do it. We just haven't had that payoff yet. Yeah, and it's really interesting because the more you deal with the basics, so if you can't cover the essentials like your living costs, you're not able to pay your bills, you're not able to service credit card debt or things like that, it's very hard to think long-term because you really have to focus on how can I get what I need to survive and to live right now? Yeah. And that's why you have to get those foundations sorted first because it's very hard to think, oh, what's my 10-year goal if you're struggling to pay rent right now? Correct. Not only that, you highlighted something there that's very attractive to human beings. And what I mean by that is we think short-term constantly because, again, that's part and parcel we are. And what I mean by that is that there has been studies over and over and over again. The one that's the most famous is the hyperbolic discounting. Um, and why that was so incredible is that what it found is the complete inverse to what you are basically told by an advisor or an economics that your, you know, your returns over the long term are better. Human beings expect the shorter the time, the bigger the return. So if you think one year or less and you ask the person, what do you expect to get in one year's time of investing? In the States, the studies show that they expect 20%. Here oh in Australia, gosh. it's about 15. Mm -hmm. Like, what? What? How? Yeah, the, these are the numbers that raise Please flags show me where that is, right? And I go, okay, is this a legit product? Yeah, and, and not just that, like, it makes sense. So you highlighted before credit cards. So what the study was also trying to point out is it may explain why we are very happy to use credit in the short term, but have something like superannuation in the long term with the expectation, because what's so fascinating is that the longer you ask somebody, what do you expect over 10 years? They come back to a more realistic number. Mm. They come back to seven, eight, 9% per annum. Um, whereas your superannuation, right? So your credit card, which is about 20%, and your superannuation sit in those numbers, right? So your superannuation for most people is at a minimum 10 years away. Some of you might be listening and it's you know, five or here. I understand that. But for most people, superannuation is- it's decades away for most listeners. Yeah, a long way away. But your credit card's now. And, and, and you expect, because your credit card's 20%, that that's what I should be making. And so that's what's fascinating about the short term and long term is that, again- we are skewed to the now in every way we think. And that is, again, we keep coming up with okay. I use okay deliberately because okay is such a enough, enough word. It's good. It's not good. It's okay. And why I say that is that it's not perfect. We keep using that word in this series for a deliberate reason. You can't be perfect. But you also need to understand that hyperbolic discounting and short-termism will lead to not only mistakes, but it will lead to heartache because it will make you never achieve your goal. You're not going to achieve 20% per annum forever. We know that, right? Even the very, very best hedge fund managers and managers in a general over time will come back to the market. Yes, they might get the odd year where they give you 25% or you know, they might even parrot to you that they get you 50%. But over the, over the longer term, they will come back to the market because the market will finally get them as smart as they are. And history and research over and over tells you that's the case. Mm. That thing that you want to overcome. And so my question now is, what is your short-term issue? Like what I mean by that is that, do you know you have a habit or a, 
thing that you do that is short-termism that's probably against your long-term views? I think I want to be generally healthy as a person. And so for me, there's always the short-term battle of the chips versus the salad or eating something <laughs> a bit more nutritious. I'm, I'm all good for, for having <laughs> chips, but, you know, not every meal. And so thinking okay, I need to do some good stuff for me in the short term because all of those small decisions I make up, I make add up over the long term. Yep. And so if I make too many decisions that work against me in the short term, then in a few months' time, I'm going to be in a less healthier position than I am now. And so it's always a competition. It's never easy. I still struggle. Chips are still amazing. But they are, and that's right. But again, you also understand that if you can moderate your yeah. short-term issue around chips and yep still have them but not in the same quantity yeah then you're okay i mean what we're, we're highlighting here is we're, the other thing that we keep trying to highlight in this sort of bite sizes is identifying things that are naturally inside of you right so human beings naturally are impatient that's the, what we're getting to here is that we are naturally impatient because when you sit there and go by the way this investment is 10 years to even most people that have gone through you know a little bit longer in life 10 years is still a long time to them mm. um the example that i always love doing when i do these talks is i love speaking to younger people and why i say that is that younger people's impatience is shorter because they've only lived for a short period of time right i mean as a as a 20 year old 10 years is half your life yeah correct you're going to be a whole different person and, and if like, you that's why it's hard because who i was 10 years ago was a completely different person to who i am now but the way i'd also argue it to you is that i'm not going to say how old you are but if i said to you what does 33 look like years old yeah what do you like and you, you can hard. see look for those of you who can't see this because obviously there's a podcast <laughs> kate just glazed over she went 33 geez that's ages away right yeah. but for me 33 seems like yesterday. It's in your past. It, but it's in my past, right? And not only that, I'm, my 20s seem also a little bit like yesterday, but they are, you know, a decade away and a decade and a half away in some respects in my early 20s. But the same question, if I think about my mid to late 40s, I can feel it more than I probably did when I was younger. And that's mm -hmm. the term. I can feel it, but it's still so long 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 away i mean and the, you could be in a completely different career by correct. then you might be a fish farmer oh that'd be amazing no nah, owen can do that <laughs> um and that's so this is why thinking about the future and long-term investing is so difficult yeah. and particularly when you're young because you know take that 20 year old they understand their 12 13 14th year old self much much better than what their 25-year-old self, 26 and 27-year-old self will be. In fact, to a 20-year-old, 25, some of them will actually have some really, really big ideas about what they're going to do. And what is actually probably not a huge amount of time, five years. Like if you talk to a 20-year-old, the prospect of them saying to them that they will have the career they want for their life, that they will possibly will be moving towards the idea of forming a family, that they will be moving into a house is the three most common responses in a very short period of time, right? It's an incredibly short period of time. If you ask the 25-year-old, they'll be a little bit longer. They'll probably be going, okay, over seven to 10 years, mm. those three things will probably happen. Now, the 30-year-old will be slightly different because one of 
those three is likely to have happened, whatever that might be, the career, the family, the house. But then you ask them the expansion thing, you know, what's your longer term goals for your lifestyle? You know, what do you want to do in retirement? Do you want to retire early like the FIRE community does? So what I'm showing time there evolves. Your long-term thought process is impacted by your short-term thinking Mm -hmm. because you're doing things day to day over and over not necessarily realizing that you're actually making long-term decisions. And this is what we're going to get into now is that the short-term can actually help because if you've got fluid ideas, the long-term will come. So my question to you, because you are the young person in this room, have you actually ever given yourself that thought process of going, what does that, what does that next period of my life look like and what i mean by that i don't want to give it a time frame i don't want to say what's your next five because i hate that question right why why five again gets back to what we said in the last episode human beings love round five is the easiest number to work with you know yeah five ten fifteen twenty twenty five blah 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 and that's why it tends to be the first thing that people say what are you going to do over the next five years because it's easy that's rubbish and the reason i say it's rubbish is that you are going to have many things that come to you day to day that can change those five years quite dramatically. And what I mean by that is that you might all of a sudden turn around like you were thinking about, I know from knowing you back in 2020, unfortunately before COVID happened, you were going to go overseas yeah. for a year. And look what COVID did to you that. Um, so that decided to do something completely different. Completely different. And look where we are now. Yeah. So have you thought about your long term, not necessarily just on your finances, but your long term? I probably am only thinking in the the next six to twelve months at the moment. I I used to be someone that would plan like thinking back to high school and nineteen twenty. I would make long long plans, but life changes so often, and opportunities that I never expected just come up, and you have to be able to deal with that. And if Bingo. you plan too much, it becomes too rigid, and you might say no to something that you would have said yes to mm-hmm. because your plan was set in stone. And it's interesting looking back at my finances because. A lot of the things I've done with my finances over the years, I hadn't planned for that far in advance. But at 19, I wanted to be financially independent eventually, <laughs> not at, at 19, but 19, I decided that's what I was working towards. And so that is still something I'm working towards and it informs all of my financial goals. And so all the decisions I've made along the way, I've tried not to set too prescriptive of a plan, but I keep working towards that goal of financial independence. And that's kind of my my North Star. That's my guiding point that everything I do is on that journey that one day I'll be able to financially support myself without any without a day job and have more choice and flexibility. And so that's one thread that has remained consistent, despite the fact that what I was doing at 18 is worlds apart from what I'm doing now. And so it should be. I mean, that's beautiful because then the next thing is that, do you think that at school particularly, you were given way too much structure around that future idea rather than realizing that you know, having that North Star, which I think is a perfect example, to guide you, but then to also allow you to do something that I know you're quite into, which is that you know, allowing happiness to happen to you. Do you think if you had a slightly different structure in your younger years that it'd be different again? Yeah, it's hard to look back and there's so many Cuz there's so much I, there's so much pressure at school particularly. Yeah, they think you feel like you're going to be spat out, do uni and then um like I was certainly at a school that was 
uni was the option. Yeah. Um, and I did something straight away that wasn't uni. So I was already Same. a bit strange. Um, but you think that, oh, I'm going to graduate high school, go and get qualified at something and then bam, I'll be working. But you don't realize that you're going to have so many different careers and so many different, you'll do one job and that will get you interested in this completely other other area. And then you'll take that skills you learned there and go and try something else. And I think that's why it's so important to be flexible, especially with your long-term. We want to think long-term because if I'm going to live to 95, I want to have the the financial resources to support myself. But it also means I've got a lot of time to try different things and your career does not have to be linear. Mm-hmm. And not only that, <clears throat> other people's goals are not yours. So yeah. what I now want to come to is that what Kate's just perfectly pointed out is that your career will be everything that you don't expect it to be. Why I say that is that I promise you, unless you're going into a very structured area and you're you know, absolutely hell-bent on being a doctor or whatever it is, but even that, I would argue, I bet you what you went into being a doctor because that is a very broad-brushed comment, being a doctor, to where you may end up or where you are now are not what you saw yourself as because you're going to specialize. Let's, let's point it out there, whether that's becoming a GP, whether that's becoming a radiologist or what have you. Because what this country has an advantage a lot about is something like superannuation. It's not perfect. Need to point that out very clearly. There has some serious issues with super from a policy level that need to be fixed. But that change in your career, your super will always follow you. So yeah. your long-term you know, financial setup is there. Super is – the reason it's so interesting talking about super, when you talk about super, particularly to people under 45 and they glaze over, it's so boring. Like let's – don't sugarcoat it. It's simple. It's really simple. It's something that you know is there but you're not under law allowed to touch. So it's boring. And that's understandable. Again, the long term of it is the beauty thing. It's your beyond money. Sometime in the future, you will get access to it. It is yours. You've got to think of it as yours. And that allows that's what Kate just showed in her own personal scenario, that she has the flexibility mm. to allow her career to evolve, to allow your career to enjoy the happiness of now, but at the same time, know that you've got a longer term. Yeah. And Super's a really good example. Like for you to practically put what we're talking about today into practice mm. is thinking long-term because you're, most people listening are not going to be able to touch their super for quite a while and thinking about how I can maximize Some of them it. might even be as bad as half a decade because there's rules that look probably suggest that it might not be until you're 70. Yeah. Like if you're 20, there's an every chance that laws have to change because of, again, if you're living to 95, yeah. right? You've um, got to work a bit longer. You're going to have to work a little bit longer. So- it's a yeah, yeah. I interrupted you. I do apologize. No, but like just thinking, what can I do today? Whether it's checking in to see in my MyGov account if I have multiple super funds, whether it's looking at my fees, looking if I've got the right insurances, looking if I'm in the right investment option. You have some choices you can make today that are going to help future you and very far in the future for many listeners, future you. Yeah. Now we've probably rambled a bit. We need yes. to keep we need to keep moving on because we now need to come to what we keep doing in all this is talking about options about you know traits and things and, and whatever else to help you do that so i'm going to go first i've talked about beyond with super the one that i think everybody talks about next is what i refer to as tomorrow money some call it the rainy day the reason i don't like calling it rainy day is because it has a slight inverted commas negative connotation that it's there as a risk mitigator for an adverse thing that's certainly what tomorrow money's for but tomorrow is also for your future happiness too right it's it's to give you 
money that could be there for tomorrow. It could be three years. It could be five years. It could be seven years. Again, don't want to put a time frame on it. Yeah. It's there. You don't know what you're going to use it on, but it's giving you choices to have experiences, to take time off work, to do whatever you want to do in the future. Yeah. And again, getting back to boring, because this is what it is, it's simple. And what I mean by that, we all know that the simplest way to make money is to have more money than you spend. And that's that's a fact. The mathematics tells you that. We also know that the most likely way to return is compound interest. Again, boring. It's not exciting. It's not somebody going, here's all this massive research I did on this stock and this is why it's going to be a 20-bagger, 30-bagger. When realistically, as we said at the start of this, hedge funds come back to the to the market. Simple is best. Yeah. Small bits, lots of times. That's what we want to do with our investing. We yeah. don't go hard once. Yeah. We just do small bits on a regular basis and build that habit and build your confidence yeah. alongside it. And therefore, that saving... If it can go into your tomorrow money on a regular basis with your ability to do what you want, when you want, how you want, will grow even further. And Kate's story is a perfect example of that. That's my example for today is to start going, what is my tomorrow money? Simple and understanding that today is what you want to do. I get that. That is absolutely part and parcel. How do we help you go to the long term? You've got super, but at the same time, if you're just thinking about tomorrow and adding to tomorrow, tomorrow might not be tomorrow, but it's there for when tomorrow actually does rock up. Yeah. And thinking about other ways in your life, you can practice a bit of delayed gratification. So if you're someone that really just lives in the moment, is there one area of your life, maybe a holiday in six months time that you can go, okay, I'm going to set a plan to work towards saving for that, putting money aside. Can I automate that? So you actually put delayed gratification to practice. You practice working towards a goal that's not going to happen tomorrow, but it's going to happen in six months. And you actually practice that habit of saving and the anticipation of the holiday actually adds to the happiness of the holiday. Exactly right. And I think that's where I want to wrap up in terms of saying your whole thing here about long and short is lifestyle. Right, and in the end, that's what we're here to do. Your money is there for your life. It's not there for, you know, anything other than supporting what you want to do, when you want to do, how you want to do it. And that's what long and short is: is understanding I get to do in the short term the things I want to do, and in the long term I'll get to keep doing yep. what I want to do. I think that's a great way to end, Evan. Yeah. So thinking about all of that, we've covered a lot in today's episode. If you have any questions or comments from today's episode, feel free to send them in. The link is in the description and we will send a book and it will be signed to the best comment. Signed and personalized. So if you want something personalized, let us know. Um, If you can come to Melbourne, maybe Evan will give a selfie with you. I can do that too. Absolutely. Guys, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. We do love bringing this to you and we look forward to seeing you next week. Yes. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? 
Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.